Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of EMC2 Learning, the greatest community of educators around. Well Played is part of the On Podcast Media Network. Definitely check them out. But today, today we here on the channel are going to be talking with Jordan Billings. And this is going to be another in the series of talking gamification with sort of students. Uh, so I guess you could say this is part two, but I think there's going to be a few more. They might not all be in a row, but uh, this one's back to back. So if you haven't caught that last episode, definitely go check that one out. Uh, and before we get any further into this, Jordan, can you introduce yourself for people that don't know you if they're new to the channel? Absolutely. So I am Jordan Billings, and I teach seventh grade social studies at Indian Trail Middle School in Olathe, Kansas. Uh, this is my fourth year gamifying. Wow. Fourth year, and you mean like year, like full? Yes. Dang. Dang. Yeah. That always boggles my mind, because uh, like when I started doing this, like there wasn't anybody and like i'm like super proud that like i'm not saying i did it all but i'm just saying like super proud that like the area that i chose to sort of focus on in my life this gamification that it's taken off and then like now there are lots of people like yourself who's been doing it multiple years like whoo that's awesome absolutely and you know it's one of those things that you do you think that you're almost kind of the only one and then it's almost that kind of like star wars rebels moment where you're like oh my gosh there are people around the galaxy that just do this Dude. and it's awesome yeah that's fantastic well as you know jordan um we're gonna we're gonna do this episode here where we're focusing on sort of talking gamification to students that can take all sorts of forms i'm excited about this series but i want to give a little like preface to everybody like why i'm choosing this as a topic and uh, when I talk gamification to some people, when I do a workshop or even, you know, even in my own school, when we're talking about gamification with other teachers, they're all in, like they're excited, like gamification is cool. They see its benefits. But then when you're, these teachers talk about gamification, they're so comfortable in the, in the traditional school, right? So if somebody asked a question about like, hey, Jordan, why do you give this pre-assessment? Like you don't lock up. You're like, well, pre-assessment's good and we do this because of this and that, right? Like you just fall into like super teacher speak. But what right. I've noticed is when teachers get pressed on gamification, they're like apologetic about it. They're like, well, I mean, like, don't worry. We're still doing all the, like all the other things da, 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 as opposed to like leaning into the fact that like the other is broken. Like, I'm not, I'm not right. saying it's all broken. I'm not saying we have to throw it all out, but it, like, we need to recognize that the other is broken. And part of this is part of the fix. If you ask me, like from what you see in the classroom, what you see the students doing, like, so I want to help like take away some of that apologetic language. And if we can hear from other gamifiers like yourself, who has been gamifying for four years, how do you sort of confidently sort of talk to students and parents about it so that it doesn't collapse you know right because if we're constantly sort of apologizing for it then that 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 kind of implies you don't buy it yourself right 
Exactly. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, people do have that feeling where it's such a different strategy. And because it's so different, and I think a number of us in our buildings, we're like the only ones that are doing it. So then that is maybe where that comes from. You almost feel like you're you're sort of out on a ledge. Yet most of the time when I talk to students, they're very excited about it. And then when I have the kind of like back to school night with parents and I tell them about it, they are like, oh man, this is great. Like um, I happen to run a Marvel theme school and they will say, oh my gosh, my child is, is very into Marvel. They love what you're doing. I've never seen them so engaged in social studies. So I, I, I think you're right. Having that, you know, having a good way of doing it and having those um, good comments of, of how to address some of those things, I think is definitely, it needs to be in your toolbox. As a yeah. I mean, it's, it's guys like one, I like how Jordan says, maybe you feel like you're out on the ledge. I hope if you're listening to this, if you're new to the community, recognize that like, you're not alone. You may be alone in your building, but like gain some of the strength from the work and the community that's out there by others. I mean, Jordan, uh, Thomas, uh, I mean, there's, I mean, so, I mean, I don't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there. Cause like, I literally have to list like a gajillion people in the XP lab community, in the EMC two learning community, uh, my YouTube channel books. I mean, and again, I'm not the only book out there on that topic. So, I mean, definitely recognize that there are a lot of teachers out there doing this and it's been battle tested. There's research behind it. Uh, so yeah, like lean, lean into that, lean into sort of the power. Uh, now that's like when you have to talk to adults, I think more people buckle, uh, today actually. So I teach sixth grade and fifth grade is in, in our same building. So, uh, today we did a little short chat with the fifth grade about like introducing ourselves so the whole sixth grade team came to one of this like fifth grade moment and kind of said hey mm -hmm. here we are i'm michael matera i teach world history blah 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 and then you know next person next person next person and then it was like do you guys have any questions and a couple kids straight up asked like how many how many teachers gamify <laughs> which, <laughs> which i love uh this is because of siblings right um and they already have sort of word of mouth that they they like this experience and they want to know how much of that experience they're going to get. Uh, but it was interesting to be up on that stage and hear my colleagues sort of talk about it because then there were some questions about it, right? Like somebody said, like, what are side quests? I've heard my cousin, my brother, whatever, talk about side quests. And to try to get kids to understand that it is an open-ended opportunity for you to explore content for you to explore creativity and i gave the example like let's say you're a tech kid and you wish we did more tech i have some tech quests go out there and try those tech quests or if you want to challenge yourself because this isn't for a grade and there's the like make a painting side quest or something and you're like well, i mean like i don't do that i'm a tech guy maybe you should try to do that quest right it's an opportunity for you to explore but like this is this only made me more excited to do this kind of podcast with you because it's like these are moments where i could see some of my colleagues like trying to like fall back on like they wanted to make the fifth grader feel good 
So they fell back on like, oh, like, I mean, don't worry, like, we're still going to do. And then they would like point out, you know, like, hey, we do Gimkit, we do Kahoot, right? Like they wanted to like say something that's familiar to them so that it would take down the anxiety as opposed to leaning into like, yeah, what we do is different, but it's awesome. And, you know, you get that because, uh, you know, with with school, we do have that feeling where there is a lot of that want in the familiar, you know, where you're coming into class, you're sitting down, you're doing the assignments and and moving forward that way. But it's amazing how kids get excited about the unknown uh, and, and really kind of like, you know, wanting to tackle those things. You talk about it in your book a lot where you have um, where you talk about cascading information theory. Yeah. And I think that that is something to look at when, you know, you're explaining this gamification process, which is that you don't have to explain it all at once. 100%. Like, if you haven't read the book, check that piece out because, yeah. like, it's so true. And, yeah. like, in that on that stage today when we were talking to those fifth graders, like, they don't need to know all the ins and outs. They don't need to know the difference between, like, grade points, game points, all this stuff. What they need to know is, like, side quests are going to be fun and they're optional and maybe that like they're creative i mean like maybe that's all i'd have to really like say to them and you know you think about that when you take a look at a lot of movies and and things like that when they do things like when a movie happens they don't just like expect you to come to the movie they they have things like they have the teaser trailers that's right those little things that you get before another movie and you're like ooh. Ooh, what's going on there? Okay, I kind of like that. I maybe want to see that movie. And then you get like the full trailer. Yeah. So just a little bit more information and you're like, ooh, I am ready for this movie. It's going to happen. And then you get into the the movie and then you're ready for that experience. Yeah, I like to... Yeah. I was going to say, I liked before how you also said... Um, we lean towards the familiar, you know, like, uh, but, but kids are kind of sometimes excited by the unfamiliar. What, what I love by the comment about that, we lean towards the familiar. Uh, I'm just going to call it out a little bit. We do. You're so right. But I just want to point out like our entire existence as educators is actually in the unknown, right? Like if they knew it, if they knew it, like they wouldn't be coming to us, right? Like, so our entire existence is somewhat shedding new light or new perspective. So even if it's an old concept, even if they're eighth graders still practicing their fractions, you're, you're being asked to see it in a new light. And so it's always from the unknown, right? It's always from beyond where they're at. And I think that's okay. And I think, I don't know, showing that you're going to be there, showing you, showing them that like, you're going to be fair. I think that's one thing that I always make sure when I'm talking to my students that I aim at that fairness. I, I would agree, you know, making sure that they're supported in this process, knowing that it's new, knowing that it's exciting, but also knowing that, uh, you know, this isn't like, it's not a rigged system. It's not going against them, especially, um, You've mentioned this several times in, in past podcasts where you've talked about how, um, to keep kids engaged, you have to look at things like the leaderboard and how people are getting experience points and give you know people the benefit of the doubt. 
And sometimes, you know, you maybe give a little bit more of an XP boost to somebody, you give them a little bit more of an opportunity and you get a couple of things with that where I think you've said it in the last one where like when somebody's at 50, they're probably never going to get to number one. Mm-hmm. But if you give that, you know, level that, you know, number 50 person a, a chance to really kind of knock it out of the park in terms of a side quest and you're like, hey, that's really awesome. Um, number one, they're doing work that's beyond your curriculum. And then number two, they know that you know that and you're giving them more of a reward than they would normally get. And I think that that's a big thing when you're looking at gamification and you're looking at how you're talking about it, talk about it for what it is, which is, I mean, it's an extra engagement component and it it goes beyond what is happening in the norm. So that's why you're able to get kids to do more. Yeah. Because it is more. One of the things I do with the, the more because right, I teach middle school, so they're and so do you. <laughs> they're highly attuned to like, why would I do that? Like, why would I? Yes. Why would I do more? And uh, especially when I tell them that it's not connected to their grade, there's a little like, what? Why would I? This seems nuts. Why would I ever do that? Especially at the beginning, when like they don't get that kids are gonna like it, the kids are gonna be excited by it, and. One of the things I definitely point out in the early days and sometimes remind them in the middle is when I give this like speech about doing side quests or caring is that uh, while the game is not connected to the grade, I said, it it's not hard for you to imagine how going on these quests will impact your grade and i explain how like let's say you go do a julius caesar side quest and you know you you made a whole like julius caesar like minecraft him crossing the rubicon and you wrote me up let's say a paragraph or two about that whole experience and what he was doing uh and then it turns out that like one of the essays is like write about a roman leader well like they all read like I teach a world history like survey course, which means textbook covers Julius Caesar in like a paragraph, right? (laughs) Right. And as they do all the leaders. So, right. Like somebody's going to go write about like Pompeii. Somebody's going to write about Brutus or whatever, uh, Caesar Augustus, but all they have is like a paragraph to draw from. And I get 80 essays or whatever that are like based on a paragraph here or a paragraph there. And this other kid has that same paragraph about Julius Caesar and more. Like, how is that not going to impact your score? Like, oh, like that was interesting. Like, that's an interesting take he took. Why can he take an interesting take? Because he knows more about Julius Caesar. Yeah, he knows more because he did more. So we talk about in education the value of like reading to kids, right? Like, like at a young age, right? They say like if you know uh, somebody that comes from like a, a healthy family or whatever comes to school already with a bajillion words in their lexicon or whatever i don't remember the numbers right but then it says like right that's a lot yep like if you look at socioeconomic class like right all these things right and so we talk about like how can we up the background knowledge when we're already weighted down by like content that we have to do well how do i have time to like do all right start shifting your mind teachers to thinking about side quests 
as also an ability for kids to gain more background knowledge on a particular topic. And then on your assessments, instead of pinning it down on one and say like, write me about Caesar Augustus, well, that kind of hurts the kid that knew more about a different, like, why did I pick Caesar Augustus? They're all important. Like, right. if you were to compare like Roman leaders, like you, any of them could have been my essay. Why did I pin it down to one? Why don't I just say like, you know, some question about leadership and say like, explain it to me using one of the Roman leaders. We, now it's open-ended and now we have kids with different background knowledges and partially because they did different amounts of work. I think that's a great life lesson as well. Oh, exactly. Um, I mean, when you're when you're thinking about how you do these side quests, and I know that there are a number of teachers, if they're really thinking about gamifying, looking at trying to get into those side quests and stuff like that, I always tell folks um, that like that's that content that you don't get to, that you want to get to. Those interesting things, you know, both you and I teach history, and history has these amazing stories that like they end up on, you know, the history channel and things like that. And uh, they always get to you always, I'm sure that you probably get that too, where people will say, why didn't we ever learn this in history class? And it was the, you know, because that, you know, we had the other things that we were doing. There's only a finite amount of time, but if you give kids value in expanding on their learning, they'll take it, they'll take you up on it and they'll see these cool things. And then that, success kind of begets more success. So I'm sure that you have that too, where when once kids do a side quest here and there, some of them really just launch off with it. Then they're doing 100%. side quests. There's, there's people that dip their toe in it and then they're like, oh yeah, I enjoy this. And they're off to the races. My favorite, well, I shouldn't say my favorite. I, I love those kids because how far they go. I mean, like some of them truly tremendously learn a ton of background information, but also a ton of new skills. Cause like, I don't have time in class to necessarily do all these computer projects, do all these arts and craftsy projects, but all of a sudden you offer a majillion of those side quests over the course of the year. And the kids that truly like lean into them, oh my gosh, they will become more artsy crafty. They'll be more creative because you've opened up pathways in their mind. And it's just like if you were committed to going to the gym, if you and I started going to the gym four days a week, I tell you, a year from today, like you and I would feel better and look better. But it's exactly. like you got to commit to that long term. It's not just like, well, I went to the gym this week and I see results. Like, no, I don't really see results this week. No. Uh, so I'm proud of those. But one of the ones I'm most proud of is actually the two other brackets of students, right? You have that large middle, which sometimes mm -hmm. gets overlooked, right? Because administration yeah. and teachers typically tend to focus on the bot the bottom like third right like how can we move the bottom uh right. and i love steve jobs had an analogy about a train and mm -hmm. he he says you should never try to move the bottom i mean like like the caboose mm -hmm. can't the caboose can't do much like yeah. in terms of like moving the train and he says the engine is by design built to move that thing so you can't take much credit of saying if we worked on the engine the train would move like actually it was going to do that anyways. The engine does it. So those are our high flyers. Those are the ones that you show what a side quest is and they did 20 of them. <laughs> like, but he's like, if you can actually focus on the bulk of the train, like all of those little like box cars in the center, if we can work on mm -hmm. the box cars, not the caboose, you will move the, you will move the, 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 the caboose at the end. And I think it's so true. You start to see these kids that are kind of defined themselves as the middle uh, mm -hmm. all of a sudden start to be seen as leaders. Like when you start to 
praise them for some of the the work they've done, but they were like unconstrained by like project requirements. They were just allowed to be creative on it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, whoa. And then like these kids that are high flyers, the engines start to look at that. Like what you did that. And like, you okay. Like this is different. This is exciting. And all of a sudden the whole train now starts to move. And then you even have that like lower third start to believe in the change of themselves, right? Because they're no longer encumbered by the grade shame that comes with like projects and tests and quizzes. And it's truly like, what do you want to learn, Jordan? Like, what did you find interesting? Like, let's go do it. There's a million different quests. And you know what? If I don't have a quest that inspires you towards action, let's talk about it. Like I, I have 150, 200 quests out there, but they're, they're just what my head can come up with. Like if you tell me like, oh man, but I really like this. I bet you there's a way I could figure out to make that a quest. Yeah, I bet we can do it. And, you know, I think that that's another lesson that you get from uh, this process too, which is, you know, having students, you know, we talk about like student choice and student voice a lot in education these days. And this is where you get some of that, where, you know, student choice they're, they're given these, you know, side quest opportunities. And, you know, I know that you've even mentioned a couple of times how your game structured mine is too, where, you know, when, when kids are doing things like getting on the adventure path and things like that, different side quest opportunities, you know, they, they get to pick and choose, you know, how they want to do that. They can invest as much because maybe this is a busy time for them. And so, you know, they're just like, oh man, I'm going to have to wait until the next. So you give them, there's that, choice there but then how they do it how they're doing these projects that's their um voice we did um in in my class at the end of the year we did this um amazing project where um we our last unit we learned on was the dust bowl and we did one of the more ambitious things that i think i've ever done which is to get all of the social all of the it wasn't just social studies it was social studies language arts math and science and we all were doing dust bowl things and in my class, they were building models of 1930s style houses. And then in science, we took them outside and made a little town. And then we had a lot of like dust and dirt that we collected. And then kids with like leaf blowers went and they watched and simulated the dust bowl. Good Lord. And it was, uh, I mean, it was definitely, it was an ambitious project. And, That's insane. Um, yeah, I love it. But yeah, the kids loved it. It was this, it was this experience. It was this experience that they'd never had before. I mean, they came back and I let my science teacher kind of do the feedback component just so that it kind of wasn't seen as sort of all from me so that she could kind of collect some of the, you know, data and things like that. And the kids were fired up. They were like, we've never done anything like this before. That was amazing. Like we were outside, you know, like, did you see my house managed to survive pretty well? And you know, that gets into a little bit of what gamification is also talking about too, which is it's that experience that you get and kids invest in that experience and this collective element that happens from that, the environment, you know, depending on the theme that you've got, um, it it can be a very transformative process. And I, I will say that I had my, my one student that, um, had always been kind of, um, quiet and um, given that project where it was to design a house, she took off with it. And it was, I mean, it was very detailed very, and withstood the dust pretty well. And it made me think about some of the things that you're talking about here, which is like, 
offering those side quests to kids and offering it in a, in something that they want to do. So it gives them that chance to shine. And it gives you as a teacher the opportunity to say, hey, Michael, I saw that house that you did for the Dust Bowl. Oh, my gosh. You added a, a working door. Like you, you did all of this stuff. Like you painted it. Um, you added a little, um, you know, a porch on the front with little, like that was Michael, that was amazing. And then yeah. you go home feeling amazing as a student that it wasn't just work. Well, you're, was more than work. you're taking that time to notice some of the little details and what a great life lesson. Cause I think it's in those details that like, that's the difference, right? Between like an iPhone to something that's not an iPhone, right? It's, it's like Apple has taken the care to pay attention. So is Google. I don't want to get anybody knocking me in the comments. Those are two titans who pay attention to the details. But you know what I mean? Like, it's those tiny little details that add up when you show care, love, and attention at all those little points. It adds up to a really tremendous change for students. And I have seen that year over year gamifying is students appreciate that. Students feel connected to the classroom and so when you're talking to your students like my advice that i would give anybody like i don't know inspire them towards that action inspire them to to lean in like don't be apologetic about it see it as a tremendous gift uh one of the languages like here here's a slight difference we're at that fifth grade event and one of the teachers rightfully so wanted them all to feel like that we're, we're there for them. So one of them was like, you know, don't worry. Like we're, we're going to be here for you and we're going to make sure you like do well or so, something like that. And I'm misquoting, right. but let's take it somewhere in that ballpark. And I didn't correct her. I mean, I didn't say like, that's wrong. But like, uh, when it got to me, one of the things I said to the, to the audience was what I, my colleagues and I, like what we've done for you is we have built amazing experiences for you but you still have to show up i mean like right i like i definitely like want to again honor the work they have to come and do like it's not it's not my job just to make it super fun and just move you along like my job is to produce the best experience i can and i think my whole team has done that but like you still have to fill that space with care. You still have like kids, you have to fill it with attention. You have to fill it with effort, focus, right? Enthusiasm. I think some of these words you may be used yeah. to, uh, but it's like using that language. That's that again is from my book uh, on purpose driven learning is a piece in that book, which is uh, Adam Marino uh, has come up with some of those words and like just one. Well, not invented the words you get the idea <laughs> like, yes we do yeah uh, but having a language that you can speak consistently with your students and inspires them towards action do it and and continue to do it and continue to believe in it and i guarantee you when you're not apologetic about it those kids are listening those kids are listening and change starts to happen a hundred percent. And, you know, when you're talking about some of those those changes and you talk about it in your book, which is to look at things like, you know, instead of saying homework or something like that, you know, they're going on a quest. Yep. You know, and, and for for me, having the agents of shield kind of spy oriented thing, I always say, like, you're on a mission. Nice. And so doing it that way. It, it makes kids more excited. 
as opposed to, you know, the you've been in school for eight hours, I'm going to send you home to do work. It is the I'm giving you an opportunity to step up and be a hero, to create a legacy. And that's going to resonate with more kids than doing the, the work element. Speaking of legacy, before we get away from this, this is another thing in your book. This is this would be one of those advice things I would throw out to people, um, which is um, the legacy wall. Yeah. It is an amazingly powerful tool. So uh, in my game for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., in each S.H.I.E.L.D. facility, there's a thing called the Wall of Valor, which is S.H.I.E.L.D. agents um, can earn their um, star. And so every student in my class gets to sign a S.H.I.E.L.D. star at the end of the year to note their service to S.H.I.E.L.D. And so they also get the opportunity to earn kind of like literally a gold star for for having higher kind of grade marks or quest completion. And then if you've completed, you know, you have high academics, you've completed the highest level in my game, you can earn a code name, you know, like Captain America, Black Widow. Um, And so this is um, this has been a thing that this year is the first time this has happened, because now I've had a couple of siblings come up and I and I had one one guy that um, he got his letter that he was earning his code name and he looked on the code uh, on the wall and he's like that's my brother's picture and now my picture is going up on the wall next to him and so it's this multi-generational thing and i make a big deal about that and i make a big deal to say i'm that um your name and that legacy wall is is, you know it's in any shield facility so it doesn't matter it it is that permanence that they get that they are not just coming through a class they're not just sitting there in the desk writing the things and then next year they're gone they can come back at any point and they can go that's my star that's that's what that will always be there in my in this classroom i like it so kind of like a river it's always flowing it's always moving it's always going somewhere but kind of everywhere it goes it's carving it's it's carving its path right like it's it's making it's making its mark i love i love that with with students and again talking that way using that kind of language with students and and building in those gamified elements but also those personal touch elements are pretty huge um well jordan it's time for it's time for reflection time so here we are this one comes from rachel Walchen, uh, I think this is going to fit pretty nice with what we talked about. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Here's here's a question before I give you the quote. Do you want to process it first, or do you want me to process it first? I I may let you process it first, and I might back I, I might back up on that because again we talked about this that I don't know what the quote is that's as, right as we get ready so I'm I'm still going to be in that safety that comfort and the familiar so all right I will let you choose after hearing it whether you want me to go first or you to go first uh, be brave enough to travel the unknown path and learn what you are capable of. Oh, that's good. <laughs> it is. Oh, because you know. Uh, okay, so I, I will. I'm gonna. I'll. I'll dive right in I because there. There is that. That you know. You're braving the unknown. 
And as, as you're going through, you are going to learn about this. I don't think there's any one of the gamified teachers that would say, you know, they, they did the stuff one year and said, this, that's perfect. There's nothing else that I need to do. There is, I have, I have completed this process. You, you talk to all of us and all of us are like, you know, we're getting ready to approach summer. And I'm sure that people are like, oh my gosh, I've got to rework this. I'm going to check on this, you know, like and trying to do those tweaks and to, and to make things better. Um, and I will tell you, I think that that's an important example we set for our students too, because when they come in, they're braving the unknown. And if they know that you are willing to step forward, I think that that, that provides a lot for them. I love it. I love how your processing of it went like the full spectrum, right? We talked about, you talked about, had the teacher being brave enough to try this, to retool it. Uh, and then ultimately that we want our students to have that same brave attitude. I think that's the way I'm going to go is this idea of if you've created this gamified experience and if you've done it to the best of your abilities, uh, you should be proud of the experience you've given kids to be brave, to travel an unknown path and really see what they're capable of in the most honest and authentic mentor mentee relationship because it's not held hostage by grades it's not mm -hmm. held hostage by these other you know constructs it is a game it is games by very nature are uh sort of optional like people opt into them mm -hmm. so kids get to opt in like right like you could just say hey i don't i don't need to be competitive on the leaderboard or whatever and not do any of Jordan's side quests, right? But like we're, we're creating an experience in which they can opt in, but ultimately for them to walk that unknown path and test themselves. And through that test, right? Think all great movies, right? That the, the, the protagonist like gets tested. I mean, right? Like the, the protagonist at the beginning is like, I cannot do this. I cannot do what you're asking, right? I'm a Star Wars fan, right? I can just picture Luke in episode four when Obi-Wan's right. like, dude, you should come with me and learn this stuff. And he's like, whatever. Like, I'm a farmer. I cannot do what you're asking me to do. But then it's the story of him testing himself in all sorts of capacities. And on the other end, finding out, like, I actually can do all of those things, right? That learning is a journey and you only are going to gain those skills by walking that path right yeah oh exactly and having i mean it's the it's the pitfalls and the promise you know you you talk about you know luke i mean it's not he's not smooth sailing for him it is not like he just kind of like made that decision you know there there are those he finds his support that's where all, you throw in the the emc2 learning community the xp lab community you know we're we're all in this to to help each other to to get better in your journey i swear they'll do what we're promising them if the purpose is mm -hmm. clear right if the promise exactly. the promise can be enticing but if we can show them at all moments the purpose is there and i think gamification does a great job of showing them the purpose because they're getting constant micro feedback on mm -hmm. these little projects right again only looking at the quality and the ingenuity because they're not worried about the grade. They're constantly looking at that feedback right. to retool themselves. I think it's super awesome. 
All right, we have to end it. We're already over time. For anybody that's listening, you are a true trooper making it to the end, or you have a really long commute. I don't know which one it is, but <laughs> Jordan, thank you so much for coming on the uh, Well Played again. Always love having you. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Everyone else, thank you so much for being a part of this Well Played community. Definitely check out on Podcast Media. There's other great podcasts there. And also everyone i just want you to stay connected hit me up on twitter check out my youtube channel love it if you hopped over to emc2 this is like i said just a great community of educators so excited to have that and uh, i want you to have a great day so enjoy your day and play on